y'all. It's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. And we are one week closer to Christmas. I've got a couple of Christmas parties under my belt and I feel like I'm packing on the pounds, but I'm enjoying myself and all the goodies and being together with friends. Yeah, I'm excited to get back into into this study with you and to get to Bethlehem. So today we're going to be back in the book of Luke and we're going to be in chapter 2 and we're going to catch up with a group of unlikely congregates. These, these guys were the first people to hear the gospel and that's what we're talking about today that Bethlehem is the birthplace of good news, the birthplace of the gospel. So let's look at Luke 2 and we're going to start in verse 8 and we're going to read through verse 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising him for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Okay, so here we see that the gospel is highlighted. That what the angel brought to these lowly shepherds was good news of the coming Messiah. And we have several things to talk about. But first, like I mentioned before, I want to point out that these shepherds were the first, quote, congregates to hear the gospel. They weren't in a clean, lovely, comfortable church pew, but in a dirty, smelly sheep field. The proclamation of the gospel should not be limited to the four walls. And this account of the shepherd's interactions with this angel proves that point. So there's nine things about the good news that we can learn from this scripture passage. Number one is that the good news meets us where we are. In verse eight, Luke tells us that these shepherds were living out in the fields. That's They were living there. They had made their home in these fields with this job of keeping watch over these sheep. And here we see that God is not limited to share the good news by location. 
Number two, we see that the good news shines a light on humanity's dirtiness. We see this in verse 9, that these shepherds were lowly. If they lived in a field, it was probably not very clean, so they were dirty. And then they were terrified, a human emotion that sometimes is not very pretty or very clean when we're fearful. So the good news meets us where we are, and it shines a light on humanity's dirtiness. Number three, the good news is joy for all people. That's what the angel tells us in verse 10. To calm these shepherds' fears, and perhaps they were startled that an angel was there standing with them, telling them these things, told them that the good news is of great joy for all the people. Everyone, no one is excluded from the good news and the joy that it brings. Number four, the good news does not disagree with prophecy. The good news is true. The shepherd tells them that they'll see a sign. That the Savior was born in the town of David. That he is Christ the Lord. This all goes towards prophecy and it's true. How many babies do you think they would have found being born on that night? And certainly, how many other babies would be wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger? I dare say there were none. So that angel told them exactly what to be looking for, and that's exactly what they found. Number five, the good news brings praise and a correct view of who God is. And this is in verses 13 and 14. When we see the heavenly host appear and they begin to praise God for all that he's done. Number six, the good news requires a response. In verses 15 and 16, we see that the angels just didn't stand there in the field looking up at the sky. And they didn't just return to their task of keeping the sheep. They had heard the good news and then they needed to respond. So they said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go check it out. Let's go. Number seven, the good news is to be shared. Verses 17 and 18 tells us this, that after they had confirmed the truth that what the angel told them, then they could spread the word concerning all that they had heard and seen. And so the good news is to be shared. Number eight, the good news is to be treasured and pondered. What does that mean? For Mary, she kept all the things that was happening to her in her heart. But I think that when it comes to the gospel, yes, 100%, we need to treasure that. It's a gift. And then we need to ponder that. We need to think over what the gospel is and what it means to us individually each and every day. And never get over the gospel. And then number nine, the gospel, the good news, brings a new life, a new life rhythm. And verse 20 tells us that what did the shepherds do? They returned to what they had to do. They returned to their job, but yet they were different. Their new rhythm was glorifying and praising God. Their circumstances had not changed, but their view had So with these nine things in mind about the good news, 
I have three questions to ask. I've asked myself these, and I want to ask them to you. Have these nine things proved to be true in your life as a believer? Has the gospel proved to be true in in that it meets you where you are, or it met you where you are? Is it true that it brought you joy? Is it true that it shines a light on your dirtiness, your sinfulness? Is it true that it brings praise in your life and requires a response? Is it true and that do you believe that the gospel should be shared? Do you treasure the gospel and are you pondering on it each and every day? And has the gospel transformed your life and brought you into a new life rhythm of glorifying and praising God? The second question I want to ask is, has the good news settled in to my heart so concretely that these nine things are evident to the people around me? And then do I think of the gospel in terms of these nine things? Do I really believe this? I think that those are questions that we need to continue to ask ourselves. There were people all throughout Scripture who believed that. And Paul was one of those. He spoke um, about the gospel a lot, about the good news. And I want to read um, a couple of 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 the verses that he wrote. In Romans 1, verse 16, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first the Jew and then the Gentile. So again, we have confirmation, another witness to the power of the gospel. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, Paul tells us again, he says, On the contrary, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please men, but God who tests our hearts. He treasured the gospel. He treasured the good news, and he wanted to please God in how he interacted with the gospel and believed on the gospel. While this is not Paul writing, this is um, the Apostle John, but in Revelation it says, chapter 14, verse 6, Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. So this gospel, this good news is not going anywhere. It was proclaimed 2,000 plus years ago to the shepherds, and it will again be proclaimed in the last days. So what is our response? Our response is to proclaim it now, to share it now. To live in view of the gospel now. I want to leave us with um, a passage in Colossians chapter 1. And this is the gospel in, the, in a nutshell. And where it says he, referring to Jesus, I'm going to actually say Jesus' name. So verse 15 of Colossians chapter 1 Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, 
all things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus is before all things, and in Jesus all things hold together. And Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything Jesus might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus, and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now God has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This is what Christmas began. This is what was birthed in Bethlehem. The incarnate God with us, but the good news that God has not left us in our sinful state, that news has to be shared. It requires a response. It should bring forth praise from our hearts. It is to be treasured and thought about every day. Don't ever get over the gospel. And I hope that this Christmas would be a time where you think about that, that you think about what Jesus' birth brought to us and the good news that that is. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this scripture. Thank you that we have this account of these shepherds who were very much like me and perhaps my friends who were listening. That while they were going through their everyday routine and task, you interrupted where they were and you brought the good news to them. And I thank you that they saw fit to spread it that they valued the gospel that much that they decided to tell others. And I thank you that someone valued the gospel enough to tell me. And I pray that I would value that good news enough to tell someone else. God, this gospel is eternal. It was birthed in Bethlehem, but it will be with us until the last days. And until you create a new heaven and a new earth and we get to reside with Jesus the good news in person we look to that day but in the meantime we celebrate what you did and we commit to sharing that good news to letting it change us and change others. Thank you for this time. Thank you for these truths. This is real. This is real life. Help us to take hold of it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining me today. 
I'm excited about where we're going to go next week. We're going to look at Bethlehem and how it was the birthplace of royalty. Should be fun. And I bet you can guess who we're going to be looking at as they travel to Bethlehem. I hope you'll join me then, and I hope you continue to enjoy your time as we prepare for Christmas. See you soon. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me, and I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, he arose from the dead victorious over sin and death believe that he did that for you and then the third thing to do is to confess confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior it's as easy as that I want to encourage you if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with him will you do that today will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life to be the Lord and Savior of your life to be in charge. If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel Center podcast on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at Kingdom Rock. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.